Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Um, You've probably found it by now, and if not, it's on the screen. But let's pray, shall we? Lord, thank you for this opportunity to share and discuss, chew on the word, chew the cud, if you will, of the word of God. What a gift. Holy Spirit, speak. Allow me simply to be a mouthpiece that removes as many impediments as possible for the word to come through in the way that it needs to, to soften our hearts, each and every one of us, me first, to not just know the word, but to obey your word to walk more uprightly with each passing day, to take the next step of obedience in this process we call sanctification, being made like you. Thank you for your word. It's living and it's active. So come alive in us today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Some of us know this as the Great Commission reads, Therefore, you can read with me, the NIV should be on the screen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. Um, Last week I shared that some might might move right along as as inequities or uh, untruths become the order of the day. Um, But you and me, are called to preach the word in season and out of season, to endure the hardship that might come along with preaching said word, and to fully discharge the duties of our ministry. Today, though, I want to kind of in a different context actually encourage us to keep on moving. So turn to your neighbor and just say, keep on moving. Keep on moving. That's the title of the message uh, this morning. Now, I know I just took some of y'all back to like 1989. Soul to soul, keep on moving, right? I, I ask God, listen, you are, my preparation is all jacked up. I can't, I'm not going to bring back half the congregation after I mention this title. But you can look for those cassettes later, like I have. Uh, but the title stuck because I believe he wants us to keep on moving. Don't stop, no. <laughs> Don't grow weary in well-doing, Galatians 6 and 9 says. And there are so many things, there's always tension in the text, and as you study the Word of God, I pray that you find that tension for you and for the the folks that we're reading about. There's always tension, and there are things that try to prevent us from continuing to move, from advancing the gospel in this context, in the monthly series of What's Your Story, which in, in, in totality is about evangelism, there are things that keep us from making disciples. Pride gets in the way. Pride might convince us that I'm good. I was born on the pew, done about everything in the church, taught a whole lot of Bible studies already. I'm kind of good. Look how many I've taught. Look at the curricula I've written. Pride can get in the way. Self-pity can get in the way. I don't have anything to keep moving. I'm not even good at making disciples like Pastor Jared from a couple of weeks ago was telling stories. I mean, a brother breathes and people see Jesus and come to him, right? He functions in the office of evangelism. I've done too many bad things, maybe is what you say. So I just can't be you, certainly. And I know none of us can relate to this next one, but busyness can get in the way. Nobody in here, maybe your friends. I've committed to this, I've committed to that. I don't have time, I don't have time to give the one who gave me the time too busy. And like some of the disciples in this text, doubt might even get in the way. Do I really want to take this risk? What are my neighbors going to say when I invite them over for a weekly dinner where we talk about the sermon? (laughs) What am I going to, what are my colleagues going to say when they, Ask me, why are you not anxious about this process? And you say, because I like, love Jesus. 
and he mitigates all that. Maybe some doubt gets in the way, and we fear the wrong thing. And though God does hear and understand all of that, they're real. And I'm not minimizing the quandaries we find ourselves in that that requires some sanctified navigation. His command doesn't change. He hears us, he's with us, he sees us, and he still says, go and make disciples. And so what I want to emphasize this morning is a simple three-word phrase, and that is discipleship is active. Another neighbor. Discipleship is active. And there are, there are two sides to that, right? There's being a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower, a student, uh, which is an active endeavor. I'm sure all the UVA students can attest to that, however many hours you put in to being a student. There's that side of it. And then there's also the side of making disciples that is an active endeavor. Research tells us year and year out, year and year out, when people say yes to Jesus or they come to Jesus or they come to church or they come to your small group, research tells us, that preface always helps, research tells us that somebody asked them to come. Somebody actually said, hey, Josh, what are you doing on Sunday? Or Monday night is your small group. What are you doing Monday night? Why don't you come through? Because we'll be at Unoya with Frankie and Willie. It's a young adult group. It's off the chain. We have a good time. And we get to talk about Jesus and pray for one another. Making disciples is an active endeavor. Some context, Matthew, as some of us may know, but I hope some of us don't know and that you're here to know, is the first book of the New Testament. There are 27 books in the New Testament. Matthew is the first, and it's the first of four known as the Gospels that tell the story of Jesus Christ. All of them do, and yet the three first books are called the Synoptic Gospels, Synoptic Gospels in that they're seen together or viewed together. They share a similar structure and relate many of the same stories with a greater John, rather, has a greater emphasis on more like a theological frame and identity of Jesus Christ. But the Synoptic Gospels share that similar structure and kind of speak to his life in a very uh, similar way. And I often say this as a parenthetical before we move on. If you are new to Jesus Christ, you can start reading the Bible anywhere for sure. Um, I think John is really accessible, one of the Gospels. So if you want to start somewhere... John is just kind of plain, and it tells you the story of, of Jesus Christ. But all of the Gospels relate the story of Jesus, what he came to accomplish. And Matthew's Gospel shows Jesus as the promised Messiah, which tells you a little bit about the audience, which is not the context for this message. But uh, his death brought salvation from sins, and Matthew writes that his life, his death, birth, all of which fulfilled the promises of the Old Testament. And in the text that we're going to focus on for the next few minutes is verses 19 and 20 of chapter 28, which begin with, as we've read, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And we know that when there's a therefore and a they, we want to find out what it's therefore. therefore. And I always encourage, go back, read the whole chapter, get some context so you have a sense for where that verse situates itself. But in this particular context, we just need to go back one verse prior to find out what it's there for. Since then, it says, then Jesus came to them, them being his disciples, and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, don't question yourself when you don't get into the calm school. Go after what he still got for you that no application process can take. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, don't think that he can't take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for good. 
Romans 8, 28. All authority in heaven and on earth is, has been given to me. Therefore, how about we just do life according to his plan? Because I've got the authority, he says. I've got the authority. So if you work it according to my plan, you'll avoid some unnecessary pain. I'll be with you in the pain if you choose to look the other way on this or that because you don't agree. I'll be with you, but, but we can avoid it. If you go according to my plan, I've got the authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, don't be so preoccupied with getting. Matthew 6.33 says, seek him first and his righteousness and all these things, what you eat, what you wear. In our case, all the, I don't know, likes on Facebook, whatever it is that you're wanting to get. All these things, they'll be added. Come with the steak. You'll get the side orders. I'm the steak, he says. Paul Harris version. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, don't look to your left or right for approval. Look up and see that you're already approved and function out of that approval. Likes on Facebook and Instagram have nothing on what I've already done for you. Function from that place. There's nothing you can do to earn it. You can't and you don't have to. You just got to receive it. Your sense of belonging, your sense of purpose. Don't have it be dictated by the flawed individuals I've surrounded you with to just show you that you need me. <laughs> Look to me, God says. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, he says. Discipleship is active. Don't stand still unless you've you got a word like Moses in Exodus 14 where it was stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't stand still. Keep moving. There's work for you to do. Yesterday evening, last night, we were in Northern Virginia visiting with my parents and they're just wonderful, amazing people that I'm privileged to know and to um, hopefully have taken some of the fruit off of their life to incorporate into my own. But as we were talking with them, my mom at some point started sharing just about life. And she was sharing with my wife, you know, I remember when my sisters, my mom is the oldest of five, and there were three girls, two boys. My sisters, they passed within three months of each other, 37 and 44. Mom was, I don't know, 49 maybe or so at the time. Her mom had already passed at 60 before then. And she says, you know, there was a space in time where I, I thought to myself, well, I Guess my time's coming pretty soon. Mom didn't live past 60. My sister's 37 and 44, the same kind of cancer within three months. I don't have a whole lot of time left. And the Lord, she says, came to her rescue and says, you're breathing. You're on the earth. Stop thinking about what the next sort of negative circumstance in your life might be and get to work. And she says, and I just realized in that moment, however many years ago, I just got to keep on moving. And in January, she's going to be celebrating 81 years. So in my best son, congregant way, I said, keep on moving, mom. Keep on moving. That assisted living. Somebody needs to know Jesus up in there. Keep on moving. And it's not, this is a parenthetical because I know in our conversations what she understands and I understand. That, that is, was very sad. And it's not that he loved her any more than her sisters or anybody else. So lest you think that when things befall us, it doesn't speak at all to what God's love is. But, and I can't even explain why. Read some Tim Keller on and some other readings as to how we deal with and work through suffering. I don't know how or why things occur. I just know, as she said last night, I'm here. And because I'm here, I'm going to keep on moving because I got some work to do. Amen? Amen? Jesus, when he was young, you remember when his parents lost him? 
They found him, and he says, well, where'd you think I'd be? King James Version says it this way. I had to be about my father's business. I got stuff to do. Disciples at this point in, the, in this text that we've read were 11 in number. Judas had, had taken his life because he felt guilty about having betrayed Jesus. And so now there are the 11 that remained. And some say, some said per scripture, uh, that they doubt it. If we look over to the other gospels, I kind of reference what the gospels are. In John chapter 20, said Thomas actually said, when Jesus appeared, show me. Show me your hands. Let me see the nail prints. There were some among these 11 that worshiped right away when he came in this particular appearance to them. And there were others who just kind of said, I don't know if I want to take this risk. They kind of held back. And Jesus is saying, go. I've got all authority. Go. Make disciples. And I know I'm, I'm very aware I'm not Jesus and neither are you. So even as I present this and other analogies, they fall short of a spiritual truth. And yet they might help shed light in a different way. And we'll move on. I'll make this somewhat of a brief analogy. But I was a high school counselor for several years. Any educators in the room? A little, yeah. So I, I worked in education. Thank you for what you do because it's hard. The best job I've ever had, and it was hard. And I loved it because I got to shepherd, as I like to say. I shepherded 363 students at Newport News Warwick High School through a high school experience to the best of my ability, facilitating their the, the academic career and emotional development as best I could. And when I was in Newport News, uh, I went through this thing, and, and this was like 2003, of do I put my degrees on the wall? And I'm going somewhere with this, and it's related to the text. Do I put my degrees on the wall, Jeff, or not? Why would I put them up? Maybe it would inspire my students. You can get to UVA, too. You can get a master's, too. <laughs> right? All fine and good. The other side of that was UVA had a little bit of an aroma <laughs> that I had to demystify already. So putting degrees up would probably just make it that much harder for them to feel like my nose wasn't up in the air as they perceived some from UVA to be. So I decided ultimately not to do that. Didn't put my degrees up, tried to establish a poor plate ball in downtown Newport News to connect, to be, to, 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 to be, to be a part of the community. And wouldn't you know, there wasn't a whole lot of testing and a whole lot of sort of, there was a little bit, because that's just kind of how it works. Who are you? Where are you from? How can I trust you? But ultimately, they took a risk. Parents, their families took a risk in the authority that was given me to write a recommendation, to tell them to fill out a FAFSA, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Fast forward a few years, I'm in Northern Virginia. Do I put my degrees up or do I not? And there was a little bit of different context. Everybody wasn't along this line, but, but some were such that the degree started the conversation so we could just minimize where you're from. Did you really go to UVA? Did you play a sport there? Did you, right? All of that, <laughs> all of that. Some of which is important, I get, but then some of which was like, we want to spend 30 minutes. I mean, authority has been given. <laughs> Go, fill out the FAFSA, be on time. Go, Author authority has been given to give your kid a scholarship or not. You want to talk about whether or not I'm qualified? Not everybody, but you get, you get, you get the point. Go somewhere. That's what I said. Go somewhere. <laughs> Have you ever found, I'm not angry at all. I'm not. I'm really not, actually. Um, I'm just recalling real life, too. So there's this, there's this. It's real life that happens in those moments. God, help me in this space where I know this ain't right to bear your image. <clears throat> How many of you have ever found yourself holding back? From going all in for Jesus. Like, how many of us would have been just like the disciples? Like, um, so look, <laughs> so the folks that are kind of ascribing to this thing, like it doesn't end well. And, and you just got, like, how many of us may think sometimes, I don't know, Jesus, 
do I really want to follow you in this way? How many of you and me might be nervous about what others might say versus what Jesus has to say? I pray that we all here are fresh. God saying, go. I have authority in heaven and in earth. Not whatever it is that you're afraid of. Fear the right thing. It's been given to me. Go. Discipleship is active. Abram went. Simon, Peter went. His brother Andrew, Matthew 4, when God called him. They went. The apostle Paul went. And when God calls you, which he has all of us, it necessitates some movement. Discipleship is active. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, all people groups, ones who, who uh, like Kendrick Lamar and ones who like Dave Matthews. The ones, y'all, you got me. Discipleship is active. Make disciples of all nations, not the one that make you feel good. They agree with me. They like me. They watch the same TV show. God, that'll be easy. No. He says, go make disciples of all nations. And then he goes on to say, baptizing them in the name of Ashley Farr and Paul Harris and Mia Woods and Kathleen Ahn. Thank God, no. But the privilege we get is to point to Jesus. And I say that, yes, in jest, tongue in cheek, but we alluded to this last week, and I, I think it was several months ago now that we talked about this story at least a little bit. But I think about and thought about when preparing for this, King Saul, when Samuel anointed him in, in ah, chapters 10 through 15, y'all can go there and pinpoint exactly where it was. He says, who am I? I'm just a Benjamite. He was humble. He recognized who was calling him and for what purpose. And then like three chapters later, he was like, God, I see your plan, but I think I'm good. In fact, I'm going to go build this monument to myself. So I say in jest, baptizing in the name of us, but if we're not careful, if we can in many ways be leading people to us instead of baptizing in them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us be a group of people here at Victory Church as we move forward. That points to you. Everything points to you. That's a, sp a space to say amen, actually. Amen. And to teach them, teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Not just to know, though knowledge is certainly a part of it, but teach them to obey. So many stories to convey. Seminary, another quick one. I'm telling a lot of stories today. Seminary, when I was there, a lot of people knew a whole lot of stuff, Jalis Jocelyn. Like, I learned a ton. I learned a ton. Asked a lot of questions, got them answered, great. And I was grieved when on some fronts, I recognized it stopped there. They're really knowledgeable. Obedience, I can't find it. <laughs> Immediately to the mirror. Lord, help me not just to know, but to obey. Teaching them not just to know such that then they're top heavy, and I can quote all of this and that person and that person, but there's no obedience. There's no submission. There's no submitting to your spouse's needs as unto the Lord. There's no soft word that turns away wrath. There's no forgiveness. There's, there is resentment that's held on for 20. Get the point. Teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Transformation doesn't come just from knowing what he says. It comes from obeying what he says and realizing that they're not just good suggestions, right? They're good. They're commands. They're things that he says, do. Do this. Almighty God who loves us and wants the best for us is commanding. And here's the best part as we close. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
And he models for us what it looks like to keep on moving. He's moving with me. He moves with Taylor. He moves with you, Tori. He moves with Caleb. And he doesn't get out of breath. He doesn't get distracted. He knows what's happening in my life and your life. And because he's with us, literally there's no weapon formed against us that can prosper. Because he's with us, he'll work all things together for good. The fight is fixed. Deuteronomy 31 and 6 says, Then we can go courageously and strongly because the Lord is with us. Because he's with us, the resurrective power, we believe in faith. He lived the life we should have lived. We couldn't live. It was a sinless life. He lived it. Then he died a death that you and I, Darius, should have died. Because the wages of sin, Romans says, is death. He died it for us. But then he rose again on the third day, giving us the opportunity without which we could not have eternal life and bringing heaven here to earth. And that resurrection power, literally, he, he says, I want you to steward that here in the earth. Greater work shall you do, the Bible says, in the earth. We get to hold that power. We get to keep on moving because discipleship is active. And I pray as we conclude this series of what is our story and what does it look like to bear his image well and to see others one to him, that we would be moved a little bit more to go, to go in our sphere of influence. Need to go to seminary? Nah, it'd be good. Woman at the well, we talked about her a couple of weeks ago. She didn't go to seminary. She just went back and said, let me tell you what God has done says they believed at her testimony. Where does God find you today? What sphere of influence does he have you a part of such that you can bear his name in a way that others say, what must I do to have that? And you can say that that is a person and he'll wreck your life for the better. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for just another moment of chewing on your word. Simple yet profound in a sense that we have so many things and reasons and obstacles that might keep us from actually embodying this great commission to go. Pray that your perfect love cast out fear, which many times is at the root of it. I pray that your Holy Spirit and the power of your Holy Spirit be that which we go with. May we never go without the presence of the Lord in our own strength. I pray afresh today that each of us in this room, whether we know Jesus yet or not, would take the next step of obedience, whatever that looks like. And if you are in the room and don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, by that I mean you have yet to say yes to him and no to yourself and your desires, with eyes closed and heads bowed, this is a moment where we get to pray with and for you. So if that is you and you want to say yes to Jesus today, shoot your hand up really high in the air. We will pray with and for you in this moment. Those live streaming this morning and you're pondering that question of why am I here? Jesus, what could you do for me? If you choose today to accept them into your heart, just repeat these words after me. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you for giving me the opportunity 
to not just live again eternally, but to be a part of bringing heaven here. I repent today. I turn away from everything the Bible calls sin, and I promise and commit to you my life, which I know is not going to be without storm just because I've accepted you, but because you're in it, it's a storm-proof life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And for those of us who know Jesus Christ, I think we could all agree there's a little bit of movement that we could all take on the spectrum of sanctification in our walks of life. Amen? Amen. We love you. Uh, I have got no announcements because it's hard for me to remember them, so I've asked them to give them to you. But we love you. We love you, and we will see you next week. Stay dry. Bye-bye.